And once we get that right, which is for me the most important thing, that they have, first of all, respect. The second one is commitment. The third one, passion. Those three ingredients are non-negotiable. Hello and welcome into the Non-Negotiable Podcast. I'm Gavin and I'm here tonight with Pascal. Pats, how you doing, mate? Good, good, Gav. I'm good, man. You? Yeah, not bad. A bit tired. It's been a, been a heavy week. I had friends in town from uh, from Jersey. Um, well, from London via Jersey, actually. So it was a... Uh, it was New a Jersey heavy... or Jersey in the New Channel Islands? Uh, no, Jersey as in New Jersey, as in home oh, of Bon Jovi and uh, Bruce oh, Springsteen. Okay. But um, right. okay. yeah, there were a few... A few too many fireballs were in, ingested on uh, on Saturday night, and I'm I'm old now, so uh, I'm still feeling the effects of it. No problem. Yeah. It's, it's needed once in a while, but only once in a while. Yeah, well, I've been a lot better behaved recently than uh, than before, but um, yeah, I definitely uh, definitely let loose at the weekend. So, <laughs> but I did I did still get up to uh, still get up at seven in the morning to watch the game? Um, I'll admit, a bit fuzzy headed. But I did get up and watch the game on Saturday morning. Paz, um, big win in every sense of the word, really. Um, mm. n- not the greatest performance, I didn't think. How did you see it? The same. I, I, it was kind of, what, second gear, I'd say. Maybe third at times. Yeah, but... I, I mean, I don't even know. Like, put it this way. I thought we were much, much better in the game we lost against Liverpool than the game we won 5-0 yeah. against Palace. Yeah, I, I think it was one of those, you know, not to discount um, uh, the goals and stuff like that, but I think once we got that third goal, I think it was just, we could play our game. It was, it was Palace were totally done. They gave up. Um, yeah, they gave up and I guess kind of made us look a little better, but I don't think our overall play was that impressive. Um, just the result, I think, more than anything. And it was big. We'd had a bad few weeks, then that break to Dubai, which I actually think was a was a good thing. I think we needed that break. I know you yeah. never really, you know, when you lose, you really want to get back on horse. But I do think this one was actually a pretty good break for us. Um, and it, it is one of them where the result is obviously the most important thing. But getting them goals, the fact that we played pretty I, I, I'm going to say, I think we paid poorly on one fight. <laughs> but the fact that we've got those goals matters so much more than the performance. It, it does. And, and certain personnel getting goals as well. So I think for Martinelli it was really important to get his, to get a brace. Um, because I think that's one thing that he's been lacking this season. Not the only player, of course, but, um, and uh, score a few outside of open play. Uh, sorry. Out uh, in open play, um, as I know, not, not that I was really concerned about that, but you know, over the last few games we haven't scored, let alone in open play. Um, I think our last goal before that was, uh, am I right in saying it was Liverpool away? Uh, the one-one did. Um, what was the goal? And, I can't even remember. The and goal and that was a free now. kick. Yeah. So, so I think it was it was good in the sense of I think the result was really important and parts within that result. So scoring in open play, um, beating them by five, 
um, and certain players getting getting on the score sheet. So that th- those is what I would take a lot from. And I think the break. I, I said it at the beginning. I think yes. Losing a game, sometimes you want another game to come so you can get over that loss. But I think we'd lost three in a row. So I think when you've lost three in a row, including the FA Cup, um, you kind of a break is very well needed. I think to just reset. Yeah, and we've we've you know we were suffering from a few injuries as well. Um, and I've said this time and time again, and I, I know I get helpless from some people saying it, but this team is not the same without Zinchenko. And I think Zinchenko being back was such a massive deal. On on Saturday, um, I thought he was. I thought he was man to match on Saturday. I thought he was excellent, um, and I just don't think this team plays can play as well without him. I just don't think they're capable of it. I don't think there's a there's a fill in for him. Um, so I think the injuries were a big thing, and we've got it again, right? So we've got a ten day break now between the Palace game and then the next game uh, away. At, where where are where are we away at next? Forest. 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 Um, so we've got a 10-day break, which again might be needed because Gabriel got a, a bang on the knee, which I don't think was serious. I think it was one of them impact things. Um, but more worryingly was Declan Rice going off and saying, it's my hamstring, <laughs> because you don't ever want to see anyone go, no. it's my hamstring. Unless it's Mo Salah, of course. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um... oh, I'm, I'm not. I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, uh yeah, uh, I think um, that was a slight concern, but from what I'm hearing, it's not not too severe. But of course, that area, groin, hamstring, back, knee—you know, those are the kind of that they're, they're, they're the areas that you do get on high alert, and you um, they're, you they're the recurring concerned. ones, right? Like that's the problem. Mm. It can be a little thing that's not a big deal. You think yeah. you're okay, you come back, and then ping, it goes again. Well, Mo Salah is a prime example because, you know, they say the initial signs are positive and blah, 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 blah. But we've had that. We've had that diagnosis before. We had that. I think it was, um, was it Saliba with the back with initial signs? Oh, yeah, walking yeah. It's, okay it's, it's week and, to week and uh, in yeah. three months. Yeah, exactly. So I think with these type of injuries, they, they their initial diagnosis might be OK. But once the body cools down, once they do the scans and they find out, oh, actually, this is going to need a little bit more. Than we thought. I think. Um, I think the the um, we're we're in a good spot with a, with regards to rest periods. So we get now. If you look at Liverpool, I mean, you could look at this as a plus for them because they're in four cups. But they've got um, Chelsea on. No, sorry, Fulham on Wednesday. Fulham tomorrow. Yeah. Then they've got okay. It's Norwich at home in the FA Cup, but still, it's a game. Um, and then they have, uh, uh, who's it, Chelsea on the Wednesday. We play on the Tuesday. And then, so they've got three games already before we play them. Um, and we only have one. So, you know, this, I think, will will benefit us. And the, the positive we have is we're in the two most important cups that we could be in, the league and the Champions League. Um, so, you know, I'm hoping this this has an effect on us, a positive effect. Plus, it gives more time for all the players that are injured to come back, um, which obviously will, will help squad-wise. And it almost feels like it's last chance saloon now, right? Like like every mm-hmm. game, I think he's going to feel like that for, for a while. Man City are obviously about to start their usual charge. We've already given up five points to Liverpool. Not five points in we've lost to them or anything, but five points as in we've let them get five points in front when, when we should have been a couple of points clear. 
So I do. I mean, I I said last time out that I I don't think we're going to win the league from here. I really don't. But it definitely feels like last chance doing. Like drop points at Forest, fail to beat Liverpool at home, and you know you've got to say you're dead. You're dead in the water. So we really are in the point of win every game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you've got to beat Forest and you've got to beat Liverpool. I I, I don't think any other result outside of that will uh, will do us. It, it will benefit us in any way. I think we're going to, uh, like you said, five points behind, and then you have to, yeah, I have to say it, but, you know, Spurs away, City away, uh, United, um, not that I'm too concerned, but they're playing at Old Trafford, so we all know what can happen there. They're away. There's some games we could slip up on. Um, yeah, and, and when so, you've already thrown away stupid points in yeah. games that you shouldn't, you know, taking yeah. one point off of... Fulham, and then you know the loss at home to West Ham. You, it really does. It it doesn't kill your chances of winning the title, but what it does is it reduces your margin for error to almost zero. That's the problem, and you want the margin for error to be your Man City away, or you know the the, yeah. the, the teams I've mentioned, not West Ham at home and Fulham away. You know you don't want those to be the margin for error. So yeah, it puts us in a bit of a spot, but I. I I do feel these the, the the games that we have coming up, they're far less. I hope that it helps us and benefits us for the two most important cups that we're in. So to talk about the midfield a little bit, because I think this is the area that's still concerning everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Is the, the midfield. Um, and I've had debates raging all day in different groups about this because I tend not to buy into the rumours that Partey's back. There are rumours around, again, that he's going to play some part against Nottingham Forest. I'll believe it when I see it. And even when he comes back, I will never believe that he's going to be there for more than a couple of games before he's he's out again. Um, as this team is constructed right now, there is obviously issues in this midfield. Do, do you think that, that it's a simple case of Partey coming back, getting fit and playing Partey Odegaard and Rice? Or do you feel like I do, really, that the time's come where even if Party does get back and get fit, you've got to move on because he's just going to get injured again. Um, and we've spent all this money on habits and he's got a duty to make it work. Yeah, it's a tough one. Because I, I thought it worked um, in the FA Cup against Liverpool with Jorginho there with Rice. So you could then probably an argument to say that, look, Party we don't have for the rest of the season injury free. It's it's it, it, if anyone thinks we will, they've not been monitoring Party's injury record with us for the last four years. So what you could do is for certain games like that Liverpool game where we probably want a bit more control in the midfield. He's a good alternative to have. He's a good possibility to have in the midfield with Rice. I think- I think he'll do that, by the way, for that Liverpool game. I do. I think it will be. I think it will be Rice. I wouldn't do it, but I think it will be Rice and Jorginho for that game. Yeah, and I know you're not the biggest Jorginho fan, but if it was Party available, you'd think he'd pick Party over Jorginho, right? So yeah. I think there's certain games where that could be useful, but to think that he's going to be a mainstay in that team, I don't think that's going to happen. He's going to be managed again, where he will appear in certain games where we think it might be more beneficial to have that control in midfield that perhaps we don't have when Harvards is in there. But I think in a general sense, I would, I, I really hope, I know it's more hope, but I, I hope Smith Rowe is in that equation as well as to who goes in that number eight. I don't think Trossard works. 
Um, I think he has to either be on the left or as a centre forward. Um, so I, I would eliminate him from that. And I think you've got either Smith Rowe or Harberts who can fit into that eight role. Um, let's let's I, talk I about Smith Rowe real quick, Paz, because Juz ain't here, yeah. so we can actually talk about him uh, <laughs> rather than Juz just jumping in. So it's um, he came on with what the best part of half an hour to go was it like 62 mm. 63 minutes when he come on obviously 68 actually 68 obviously mm. there's mitigating circumstances we're 3-0 up and the game is over but I think it's positive that Smith Rowe was the first person that he looked for from the bench I know mm. it was a double substitution but Smith Rowe was the first man up he's the first man he pulled off the bench he gave him all that time it comes after the training session in Dubai where from everything we're hearing Smith Rowe is fantastic in training over the last over the last few weeks that's what that's the noise that's coming out of everywhere is that Smith Rowe is impressing in training and we know what Arteta does for training right like it's why Eddie and Ketia got a new contract because Arteta mm-hmm. really does like believe in that stuff I do I have to say I'm and I hate this because every time we're positive about Smith Rowe something happens right like either he gets injured or he has three games where he doesn't come off the bench at all. So I, I'm always a bit nervous saying this, but I do think that that was a really promising sign being the time that it was when we've just got back from Dubai, where they've had all that time in, in training without games in between. And the fact that he brought him on early as the first option. I really do think that's a positive. I honestly thought you were about to say it was like a new signing. I really thought you were about to say that. I was. Well, I was. Just... Well, wait, because we have got Fabio Vieira up next. <laughs> of course. Um, yeah. You know. So I. I. I've been a little bit. Uh, yes, I've been miffed by the approach Arteta has had to Smith Rowe, but there is a part of it where I actually have a bit of defence for Arteta because he did get back in the team. Yeah. Yeah. Before he got injured. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you can, you can't lay any of the blame of this. At the end of last season, you could say, well, Smith Rowe wasn't being used and that's fine. That's that's absolutely valid. He was sitting on a bench not being used. Mm. But since then, he broke into the team. He got a start and would have started at West Ham in the week. And that's when he got, when he got injured. So you can't blame Arteta for this. No. And also remember the last season when he was not playing the last part of the season, he'd come back from an injury for a yeah. long-term injury. So, I think it's um I think people lose sight of that. They lose sight of his injury record with us and he's not short-term injuries. They're quite long-term. So I I do feel maybe in in Arteta's defense there's a management of that. And I think he's seen in training that it seems, you know, touch wood that he's back to full fitness and he's starting to show signs of what the player that was playing regularly for us. And so it was a great sign that he came on the 68th minute. Because I feel that uh, that he could have brought on so many other players to play at that point. I think there was an element of, um, I feel that there's an element of trust now with him, perhaps. But you're right. Don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. But I'm I'm hoping this is a start of something. Um, but it, it, it really is on him more than Arteta, I feel. Because if he can stay injury free, then I think Arteta will have more confidence in putting him on and playing him more. Um, because... As you've seen, it's not been something he's been able to do since the very early stages of Arteta's reign. And he gives you something different, right? Like to he what does. Havertz does. He he, he mm. starts from deeper, generally. 
He carries the ball really well, and we know he can score goals. He's not like Xhaka, right? He's not a, He's not really a, what you would consider a forward passer. Like, I don't think you're expecting Emil Smith Rowe to split defences with passes. And I don't no. think you're, you know, I just don't think that's his game. He's more of a carrier and a, and a finisher. But we need those alternatives because a lot of the time we've, We've struggled to adapt a little bit, right? Without Xhaka and with Habits in there, there's no, there's no argument about it. We've struggled to adapt to a different type of, type of style of football. And I, I think that gives you a different option. And I think it is important to have a different option like that. And I just, I, I really can't wait for that first goal. I mean, you heard the roar when he come on. The roar yeah. that's going to that's gonna come for that first goal, the first goal back. Um, but I don't really think Smith Rowe's one of them players where if he gets that first goal back, he might just not stop. Yeah, he's also what I like about him. He's such a smart, he's an intelligent player. Like his touches off, you saw the little touches that he does. He's always he's always very, moving, very, right? I, I said this. Moving. I said this years ago when he first broke in. Yeah, the player Great he reminds awareness. me of. What well, the player he reminds me of the most is Wayne Rooney. He gets mm. the ball and he's already gone. He's already moving when he gets the ball. And I used to love that about Wayne Rooney. He never stopped the ball. He never no. he never trapped the ball. He would bring the ball down and it would instantly be moving the way he wanted to go. And Smith Rowe has a very similar thing about him. He's got great energy about him. I think he's going to definitely, if he's if he can manage his injuries, if his injuries can be uh, under control, he could be really important for us. More important than we thought he would be a few weeks ago because he will bring something very different to what we currently have. We know what we're getting with Harvard's. But we also know what Smith Rowe can bring to the table, and I I, I do feel he he can be a much better alternative than Trossard, a hundred percent. Yeah, and to to I mentioned a minute ago about Fabio Vieira, like a new signing. Well, he shouldn't be like a new <laughs> signing because then he's then he's going to be a terrible signing twice rather than just a terrible signing once. Uh, but to bring it on to to Fabio Vieira, who is very close to being called Floppio Vieira, um, he gives us something a little bit different as well. You know, he's the one that can maybe play that killer pass. And that, that's yeah. what we don't have over there. I am still very, very doubtful that he can actually contribute anything. at all. Like, I just don't think he's good enough. But Arteta does think he's good enough, clearly. And you can tell that he, again, has something different in that position as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I... I, I... Don't I, we, what do we pay? Thirty million for him? Yeah, thirty-five. I think. I think that's what you're paying nowadays for a player of of that caliber. Maybe a See, little bit. I I don't. I, I really don't. And not just because of that, no. but just because I think he's bad. Like I don't think he's a Premier League footballer. I think thirty-five million on him is yeah. outrageous. Like I really do. But I hope that I'm proved wrong. But from what I've seen from him so far, I think he's the sort of player that you spend seven million quid on. I just find him very weak on the ball. I just find him very slender. I just don't find him someone who's built for the Premier League. Um, but listen, if you look at our bench and you have Fabio Vieira on the bench, I don't think it's, I think what our bench is at the moment, I think at least it adds a little bit more uh, variety in that, in in for someone to come on. I would have Smith Rowe ahead of him any time of the day. But one thing Vieira is pretty good at, one of the reasons I think 
what's supposed to be one of his attributes is free kicks, is distribution. Um, maybe that can ha- aid us in some way. Um, but I, I do feel that uh, at least he will be some form of option on the bench if we need it. And then we we have, you know, something to look at because I think the last few weeks, you look at our bench, barring a few others, there wasn't really many game changers in there. Yeah, and I think we've said this before a few times and we actually started to see it this season. Yeah. Um, he can actually spell Bakayo Saka as well. Like he's one mm-hmm. of the few players that can actually go out onto that side and he's suited to it to a certain extent. Um, you're never going to see it from the start, obviously. But maybe in games like Palace at the weekend, maybe it could be him rather than Trossard. Maybe it could be Saka rather than Trossard that comes off. Do you know what I mean? And Vieira comes in and, and goes out there. Although rare, though. I, I I just don't think Arteta likes subbing Saka at all. No, I, I don't think he likes making subs at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he... Um, but Saka in particular, I think he has a real... Um, I, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe a slight fear because he's so important on the right-hand side that if you take him off, you take away a lot of our play. Um, or just that we just don't have a viable alternative on the right-hand side. So maybe Vieira will provide that, at least some form of alternative um, where he doesn't, it doesn't look like he's so out of position. Yeah, and I, I think, I don't know how you're feeling about this, so we, we may as well, I may as well ask you the question now, but my my view on this, I don't think there's a chance in hell that we sign anybody this window. I, re, I really, I cannot see it. Um, do you think there's a chance that anyone comes in or is it is it a simple no. case of what we've what we've got is what we're going with? I think the only, only thing I can see us doing is a loan, but I, I, I mean, even that, I'm doubtful, but I, but, I can't see it. And it's hard, them. right? Like, like, loans are... Loans aren't usually Martin Odegaard. Loans are usually Kim Kalstrom. Mm. Loans are usually who's the who's the weird? Go on, what's his name? Um, um, th- is it w- w- the one that Emery got? Yeah, yeah. What's his name? Um, I I, I, it's gone in my mind as Jesus, well. Why can I not remember? Spanish player, right? Yeah, yeah. Injured mm. when we signed him. Injured when he left. Um, yeah, tell but me. that's you know that's usually what a loan deal is. Yossi Ben Ayem. That's usually mm. what a loan deal is. Loans like Martin Odegaard are, yeah, loans like Martin Odegaard are one in a million things. So that's what, that's the only thing that worries me about, about loan deals. Like I just, I just don't think the caliber of player, like everyone's screaming for, for low, for players to come in, whether it's a loan or not. But the fact is that you're probably going to loan a player that isn't as good as Eddie and Ketya. Why would you want to add someone who isn't as good as Eddie and Ketya to the squad? Well, there's also the 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 notion. I mean, the the thought process about FFP as well. You know, and, and that's exactly what it is. I think that is entirely yeah. what it is. Well, it's it's one of the reason why we've loaned Raya. Um, you 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 clubs, I think, are becoming more and more. I know this is something you want to talk about as well at some point. But clubs are becoming more and more. Yeah, Arsenal is not the only club. That's not doing any business. No I, one's I, doing any business. What business is going on? No, I mean, no Spurs, one's doing any Spurs are the only ones who have done any business. And it's understandable. They still have the money from Harry Kane. They didn't really reinvest it heavily in the squad. No, they've, um, sold, they've sold a youth player. And that, that is the biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah, so Spurs have been doing it, but there's not nothing else really going on. So there is obviously clubs now really paying attention paying attention to FFP, which maybe they might not have been doing over the last five, 10 years. It was kind of more of a joke 
um oh it's just there but nothing ever happens but now i think after these these things that we've been seeing with other clubs and them you know the points deductions the the charges and stuff i think clubs are now fully aware they have to really spend within their means and we're no exception to that of course we've got champions league unlike newcastle and um we still have justification of some of our outgoings because of the incomings through through being in europe but still i think we did spend pretty heavily in summer. I can't see us going out. There's no, no chance we're going in for Ivan Tony, And I don't think there's any chance we're going to go for him in summertime. Um, because I think we're going to look younger for, for that striker. And I don't think we will want to spend what Brentford are asking for. It's just not going to happen in January. I can't, I can't see any player we're going to be going for big time. The only one is possibly alone because I think alone you can justify that through FFP. Yeah, so I, I agree with you. So I think we're going to be basically going with what we've got. And I, I think what we really need is basically for this group just to be better, right? Yeah. Like I just want to see yeah. the Martinelli that we saw last year. I want to see the Saka that we saw last year. Gabriel Jesus, whatever you want to say about his scoring record and this and that, he's better than two league goals. So far yeah. this season. Do you know what I mean? Like he's yeah. better than that. And I think that's what we that's what we need to do. Um perhaps body wise, we're a bit lighter at the back than we are at the front. Um I think quality wise we we could do with something at the front, but we're obviously not gonna get it. Um we did have some news both I'm not gonna say good or bad, but maybe a positive then a negative might be a better way I put it, um, on Durian Timber. So, first of all, we got the report that he'd started jogging, uh, running around in, in Dubai, and that's great news. Um, but then Arteta come out and kind of poured a little bit of cold water on it and said, you know, don't expect to see him in contact training anytime soon or anything. My view on this all along has been the same, really. I don't think he's going to have an impact on this season. Um, I think you might see him come off the bench a few times in April, maybe even start a game in May, depending on what the stakes are. Um, but I think for an impact, you're going to be looking at next season. Yeah, it's it's a hard one to judge because I think we get conflicting reports, as you've just mentioned. I it, It's positive anyway that he is in light training. He is jogging. He's he's mobile. Um, I mean, there's been rumours that I've seen. Again, you can't really read too much into it, but they're saying that he'd go into full training next month. It's going to take him time to build that up. If there's no setbacks which that can very easily happen when you're coming back from an ACL you can get any form of setback if there are no setbacks and yes possibly March possibly for the return leg of the Porto game possibly but there's a lot of things that happen in the meet in intermediate time I think people don't people think that when you recover from an ACL you've recovered fully no you've still got to go into and see your body adjusts You've got to go into training. He's missed a lot of training time. So I, I, you're right. I think I think if if he comes any few months left of the season, it's a massive bonus for us. But I think there should be an expectation or an understanding that it could very well be just next season. Yeah, I think that's true. And in that case, we really, really need Ben White to stay fit and be better yeah. than he's been so far this season. Um, I know there was the... Uh, rumour going around that he'd been carrying a knock for a while. Hopefully them 10 days in Dubai will help that. I did think he was one of the better players against Palace. Mm. Um, and hopefully that will be, hopefully that will carry on now because we're going to need him. He's going to have to play pretty much every minute, right? Unless you want to see Cedric. Are you pining to see Cedric? 
No, no, no. That, that's that's absolutely. Maybe he'll be gone by then anyway. But um, Tomiyasu, obviously, but you know, uh, I know he's back middle of February. We also don't know about his injury because you know mm-hmm. we all know that he's very it's, yeah he's a, he's another one consistent yeah I I I really I really hope the rumors are true about Timber coming a bit earlier because I I do feel it will be a massive plus for us um, to just have that extra defensive alternative because Zinchenko's not fit every game either. No, no, no. that's that's absolutely that's true. Like thing. I defend Zinchenko, I will fight you over Zinchenko. I will throw <laughs> hands for Zinchenko. But I you can't deny, I cannot deny that his injuries are a problem. Yeah, and I think you mentioned it before that <clears throat> the signings we made from Man City, I think Jesus had a few big um injuries at City. <clears throat> Sorry. Zinchenko wasn't a constant wasn't someone who was readily available all the time either. I know he didn't play every game, but... But I I think that makes a lot more sense. I was very, very confused as to why he didn't start every game for Manchester City. And I think what we've seen over the last two years is why he didn't start every game for Manchester City, because I'm just not sure his body is really up to it. I think he's so good that the team struggles without him, but you've still got to be really... Careful with him. I tell you what it's like. You know them chocolate glazed cakes that you get from Publix? You know the ring chocolate glazed cakes? You know they're really, really good. But have you ever tried to eat a whole one? Right? Yeah. You shouldn't do that because you'll be sick as a dog. And that's well, kind of how it is with Zinchenko. You you know, you've he's so good, but you have to be careful how often you use him. Yeah, and, and I think um I think that's why your Timber was such a good purchase because <clears throat> sorry, um not only did he provide across the back four cover, but he was probably, he's the closest that we have as an inverted fullback to what Zinchenko is. Zinchenko obviously is the main player for that, but he was the closest that you have to provide that inverted aspect of, of being a fullback. So it, it's a real pity because I, I think it would help us. But this is where, <clears throat> this is where these breaks are really important. These distance between one game to another, we don't have four games coming up before Liverpool or three games before Liverpool. I think this is where it could benefit us because of the very fact that we have these issues. Yeah, and I, I do think it's the fallback areas at the minute. Like mm. they are the areas we cannot we cannot cope with that amount of games. I'm I'm never happy to go out of any competition. Uh I certainly don't no. like going out going out of the Arsene Wenger invitational because I love the FA Cup. I absolutely yeah. love it, but we, you know, but the fact remains that I, I agree with you. I don't think our fullback positions can handle two games a week. I just don't, don't think no. they can. Um, we did get to see Kivior at centre back for the first yeah. time in a long time at the weekend. I thought um, they said they said Gabby had a knock on his knee. It's Gabby, you know, he could have played on if he'd have had to, but um, it was a smart move to take him off. And I thought smart move to see Kivior get some game time in a position that he actually plays. You know, I've been scathing of Kivior over the last couple of months. I think he's been really, really poor. Um, the mitigating circumstance that Jazz always rightly points out is that he's not a left-back. He, he does play there for Poland, but he, he isn't a left-back. Um, so it was it was good to see him get some minutes there because Kivior, no matter what you think of him, like we said, there's no more incomings. So Kivior is going to be a player that is going to play minutes between now and the end of the season. 
Yeah, and I was, I was, I know my people might disagree with me, but I was quite happy seeing Trossard start on the left. Actually, I, I, I don't, I don't have an issue with that. I, I feel yes, I, I prefer Martinelli, but I think we have to be realistic that there has to be an element of change in the way that now Saka's a hard one. There has to be some competition too, right? I don't think you can say that everywhere, right? There is no competition for Saka, and I've got no problem with that because yes. there is no competition yeah. for Mo Salah. Yeah, yeah. So I've got no problem with that. I don't think Saka is living up to the billing. Um, I've been disappointed with Saka over mm. the last. I've been disappointed with Saka over the last over the last year, really, um, because I don't think he's kicked on in the way the way I was hoping he would have. He needed to be our Mo Salah, and he just hasn't kicked on that way yet. Now he's still young, and that can still come. But there are players that are going to be untouchable. Declan Rice, you're not going to have competition for Declan Rice. But for other players, I think you need competition to drive them on when they're not the very elite. I think having Trossard there as competition for Martinelli, and it was good. I didn't think Trossard played particularly well, but I'm glad that he got the goal. And then Martinelli come on and got two, and I think that yeah. will drive them on. But I also think it makes it a little bit more unpredictable because Trossard is a different type of player to Martinelli. Yeah. He's not... Yeah the direct player that runs down the wing. You saw what Martinelli brings. We saw that. It was evident. Trossard plays in a different way to Martinelli. And I think that's also important for us because one thing I feel we've been found out over the last three, four games is teams are sussing us out. They're sussing out our play. And when we play with the same team, same formation every single game without any variable side to it. And it's something I know we might disagree on on the quality of these players, but it's something that Liverpool do really well. If you use them as an example, they they alternate that front front three besides Salah, but they alternate that a lot. I think that causes a little bit of confusion because they all play differently in their own way. They're, and I think they're also less rigid than us. Pass like you'll see, Nunes will play on the left wing or he'll play yeah. centre forward. Yeah. I mean, the right wing's done, but you'll see Nunes, Gakpo, Jota and um, Luis Diaz, they will alternate between those positions. They'll be centre forward, they'll be left. And even in game, Mo Salah will move over. He always plays, but he'll mm. move over into the middle and someone else will go over to the to the right-hand side. So that's something that we don't have. And it's something that I feel, that's something we could do really easily, right? Is move those players. Because all those players, Martinelli, Saka, um, Jesus and Trossard, and probably Smith-Rowe as well, can all play all three positions across the front, but we are very rigid and we don't move them. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that, that's a fair point. Um, but <clears throat> I think that's why Trossard being an example of, of a little bit of a change on that left-hand side, um, bringing something a little bit. And then you have the added weapon of bringing Martinelli on, which is going to bring you something else. So, and I think that is huge as well. The yeah. fact that you can bring Martinelli off the bench is a much yeah much bigger deal than bringing Crossard off the bench. So yes. I, I do think yeah. that there is something there is something to that. Sometimes you need to change a game and you would you know if if it's if it, if plan A isn't working, I would rather Martinelli be the plan B than Trossard. Doesn't mean that I want him to start over him, but I'm mm. just saying that coming off the bench there is something to that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there is. So I I I was I was quite pleased with um, whether he's reluctant in making substitutions or not. Whatever what he did in that game, Arteta, I thought were were good decisions in terms of his subs, in terms of who yeah. he. Yeah, I mean in. the game. The game was over. That helped. Yeah. Palace, had, Palace had given up, and I feel I feel sorry for Hodgson. I was saying this to you guys at the time that you know he's a, he's a Palace legend, and it's always sad 
when they go out this way, kind of to a certain extent. It happened with Arsene Wenger too. Um, but mm-hmm. then Palace players, they gave up on Saturday. They absolutely gave up. And I think when players do that, that's the end. It, it was actually similar to the end of Emery when the players were just done. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, to be honest, I think the writing was on the wall, in my my opinion, when they brought him in for Vieira. I just honestly thought you've got to bring him for that six months, get them out of the position they're in because it's great at that. Yeah, I just yeah. didn't understand why you'd give him a full season. I, I mean, I'm I'm obviously biased, want. but I still don't really understand why they sacked Vieira just before they went on a very, very winnable run. They let him manage yeah. the games that they couldn't win. And then they brought Hudson back in for a for a really easy run. And I, I think it was a it was a bit of a cop out by them, um, really mm-hmm. doing that. So I'm not uh I, I feel sorry for out. Hodgson. I don't feel sorry for Crystal Palace. Yeah, and it's a cop out the fans are obviously noticing as well because yeah, that, yeah. You know, oh absolutely you know yeah. um absolutely. but listen we we I, I think we're looking good that was a nice you know yes I agree with you performance maybe not great but I think when you come off the back of three losses you'll take whatever result you can get and we, we needed them um, goals pass you know yeah, what you're looking, we needed, we needed the goals. them goals the goals have been the goals. the goals have been lacking that's what's been lacking all season we yeah, need I, goals I'd agree with that a hundred percent agree with that I think and and you know now uh, another rest and hopefully um, you know I I'm just looking at a Liverpool game just got to beat them I I, I yeah. just whatever we need to do this season that's the result I need we need yeah. I think um, we'll get back in all right mate well let's leave it there for tonight um, and we'll nice come one. back um, we'll come back on uh, next week we do I do want to do a pod at some point about the uh, about the FFP rules and, and how it's okay. affecting everything. Maybe we'll do that next week. We'll be closer to the end of the transfer window as well, um, which will give Thank us um, m- even more of an indication of, uh, of w- the sort of effect that it's having. So maybe we'll do that next week. But for now, thanks, mate. I appreciate it. I, um, I'm i going to go off and hopefully try and get some sleep. Nice one. Cheers, All right, mate. mate. Good night. Take care. Bye. <clears throat>